The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Hey, can I have 15 cents for the new Mass Avenger oh, ring? What am I made of money? Pay more attention to your schoolwork and less to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. You still have a chance to grow up and be somebody. Ouch, and with that radio endorsement, welcome everyone, it's Thursday, March 9th, 2017, I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing, it's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white, under the bedclothes, everything will be Well, don't ruin your life by listening to the radio because you just might be hearing fake news. You know, you would have thought with the election of Donald Trump that all of the BS about fake news would at least die down. But instead, the fake conversation about fake news has predominated a lot of the local talk radio in my area and and in other media to the point of distraction, which of course is exactly what I think fake news is intended to do, to distract. Okay, so I'm distracted. You got my attention. (laughs) Are you sure you really want it? Because this whole issue really has my blood boiling a bit. The whole conversation is really more, or a little more than a tactic, and, and it's not just for distraction. As always, and that's what we keep talking about on this show, the public discussion is an epistemological disaster. Because in the absence of agreed upon definitions and premises, All political talk and discussion pretty much occurs on the Tower of Babel, where no one can understand anyone else because they all speak and think in different languages, often with a single word meaning the exact opposite thing to each side in the fake debate. I've got my own very personal and documentable first-hand eyewitness stories of fake news and could probably devote ten complete broadcasts of this show simply to illustrate all the personal examples I've both witnessed firsthand and experienced firsthand. But time just simply would never allow. And then, to top it all off, there's this outlandish experiment going on up up at Western University where researchers say they have developed a piece of software that can spot fake news. (laughs) So I'm wondering, which is fake? That story or the claim that a computer program can actually stop fake news. We'll let you decide. After our brief reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, subscribe to Just Right on iTunes, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, visit us at www.justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right's social media links, including Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, all of our past broadcasts of Just Right. Ain't so much what people don't know that gets them into trouble, it's what they do know that just ain't so. You know, that's one of my favorite sayings, and it states a truth, not a fact, especially when it comes to the field of politics. It's a bit like hearing the proverbial fingernails being dragged along the chalkboard, and ouch, you know. And I wake up every morning to some version of that when I turn on my AM radio, regardless of which station I'm tuned into, but over this past week it was getting a bit much. Let's be clear that when it comes to any discussion of fake news, the context is always political. It's just not a conversation that applies anywhere else. 
It's always about the field of competing ideas and policies. The whole issue of fake news reached a crescendo in my hometown of London, Ontario. And boy, there's a lot of politics and controversy going on in this city that has national and international significance. It's really amazing what's going on here. But in any case, it all reached a crescendo upon the announcement that Western University researchers were working on setting up a website that would be able to filter out fake news. Although it sounded to me as if the people who created this filter seemed to have a political agenda of their own. We'll let you decide. Personally, I think that all of the tactical discussion about fake news is a symptom of a very deep psychological disturbance, and I'm reminded of the concept of the emotional plague, as it was discussed in Willem Reich's excellent book, The Mass Psychology of Fascism. I've raised some of the astute observations made by Reich on past broadcasts, and it certainly is an avenue we'll have to explore again on a future discussion, but not today. However, in our modern current times, the emotional plague is revealing itself in what our good friend Salim Mansour has called the Trump derangement syndrome, which is unavoidably to be found at the heart of all of this rage and, and warnings about fake news, as we will be repeatedly reminded by what we'll be hearing on today's show. Let's kick off the conversation right away by featuring the objects of my disdain. So when we return on the other side of our upcoming bumper, what you will be hearing was taken from the March 2nd, 2017 All-New Morning Show, co-hosted by two very left-of-anything-centered Ken Eastwood and Lisa Brandt. I first met them personally when I appeared on their talk show just this past December, and they're very nice folks, so don't get me wrong about all the criticisms I'm going to throw at them today. You know, they told me right up front that they tend to the left side of things and that they're very liberal in their leanings. And I remember telling them, yeah, you know, I'm I'm small L uh, liberal or small C conservative, but uh, I'm neither of them with a capital L or a capital C. Now, I wasn't too sure at the time, but I sure am now that these two very nice folks, Ken and Lisa, are capital L all the way. Capital liberal, capital left, capital loony. I, I really, <laughs> especially when it comes to all of this fake news stuff. Well, I'll leave it to them to kick off the conversation from their own March 2nd conversation, which had me cringing all the way through. But first, on this side of the bumper, I found it very interesting indeed that when I mentioned the following March 1st CTV news item to my closer friends and associates, they pretty much laughed out loud or simply dismissed it as nonsense. You can think of it a little bit like um, a spam filter. Meet Yimin Chen, one of four Western researchers developing a program that hopes to separate fake news from real news. Everyone has kind of an agenda and it's important to recognize, you know, where your information is coming from and why it's being put out there. The project, started two years ago under the direction of Professor Victoria Rubin, has created a website calling out the crud, calculating an article's credibility based on its level of absurdity, humor, and poor sentence structure. The program sits at an 85% accuracy rate. So it's preventing misleading information from spreading further and being reposted, especially since many people do not read beyond the headlines nowadays, even though they feel free to comment quite vehemently about what they feel. The concept, timely, in an era where fake news has positioned itself on the political stage. We are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. And according to political sciences professor Matt Farrell, 
has also evolved itself into a go-to rebuttal. This is what fake news has done, I think, is reinforced that narrative in the Trump ideology that, hey, we're the victims here. Even though we run everything and we're in charge of everything and we control all the government, we still need to be the victims. Western's fake news site hopes to be up and running in a few weeks. But in the meantime, Rubin says it's back to the basics when it comes to detecting fake from real. Don't use your emotions, use your judgment. Verify the facts, see if it makes sense to you. Nobody wants to be deceived. Natalie Quinlan, CTV News. Another text here at 101290. 85% success rate? Now that's fake news. Well, really, have you done the science? Have you watched how it works? Until I see how it works for myself, I'm going to take their word for it because they're, sci- they're, they're working at Western, and, and if they are lying, which they are not, uh, it would be so easily found out. So my, how would you define fake news? I would define fake news as, like I said earlier, the goal is to mislead you in an effort to have you either think or do something differently. Yes, and there is some sort of investment, and I don't necessarily mean monetary, from the person creating the fake news Sure. and that they need to pay off. So whether it's changing your vote, uh, getting you to buy or not buy something, um, changing your perception of something so that furthering uh, their mission statement whatever it is what it, yeah for example the the one that uh, went out it was actually done by a, a movie promotion company but that claimed that somehow um, Lady Gaga's Super Bowl performance was a tribute to Muslims. And we got that. People texted that to us saying, why aren't you talking about Lady Gaga's performance? Because they believed it. The the company that put that out there later retracted and said, look, we just did this to get people to click on it so that they would come to our movie website. Essentially, what this software is, is software to be a journalist. Because that's what, as a journalist, that's your job. Checks you, and balances. You, you see or hear or are given information, and then it's your job to verify the validity of that information so for example different sources right we're ctv news correct right so if if there's a story put out by a, a rival of ours or a competing company we don't look at that story and go wow we're going to report that that's not how that works no we go let's verify that and see if it's true and we independently verify it on our own that's why you won't hear us talking gossip uh, about what other other outlets have reported because we verify it ourselves. That's what a journalist does. Because that, if, if it comes from, for example, the CBC, that's a source. Yep. If it comes from Facebook, that's a source. If it comes from Breitbart, that's a source. They're all equal. We have to. A uh, Breitbart is not equal. Uh, well, uh, they're, but they're equal in the in that they are all sources that require us to I'm so, I, I don't verify. know that I would call them a source. I don't know that I would use that word. I would say that they are um, they're a competitor, and if they do, we don't because we don't seek them out as sources for what we do. True. You know what I'm saying? True. So, but if they report something, we're not going to take it at face value. We're going to double check it check the whole thing out first before we decide under our criteria 
that it is... Right. Um, but my point is, you would do that whether it was Breitbart or CBC. Yeah, uh, although you're right, except that Breitbart isn't something we pay any attention to. But I know, I smell what you're cooking, I know what you're saying, I see where you're going. Indeed. All right. Well, I'm sorry, but everything I just heard Lisa Brandt say is so far from the truth in, in terms of my own personal experience through firsthand observation and through so many, many of the stories and topics we discuss on this very show, just right. I have to admit to you, I was quite livid after I heard what she just said, and I've, and I've spent countless hours on this very show clearly demonstrating that what she just said is simply not true. And we're going to do that again today by recalling and citing as many examples as I, as I can fit into this hour. And let's get something straight from the outset. They are the source of the fake news, and they are pushing a left-wing agenda at the expense of the truth and of fair, objective, balanced reporting. Now, I'll address each of their statements momentarily, but not before first addressing and speaking to the CTV news report we heard about Professor Victoria Rubens calling out the CRUD website, (laughs) a site that would provide the public with a filter to separate fake news from the real news. Quote, uh, a bit like a spam filter. Everyone has an agenda. We have to know where the news is coming from. Why is the information there? End quote. Well, it is a spam filter. The spam being whatever the programmers decide it will be. And from the way they've been talking, the whole project is a fake. They've got an agenda. This is not a, a, a project to, to actually discover truth. Based on the level of absurdity, that's one of the criteria. Well, when it comes to absurd, all left-wing thinking fits that bill. And certainly all of the outrageous reactions to Donald Trump's presidency and comments are far more absurd than anything said by Trump. And then what, humor? Humor is a criteria of fake news, really? Humor isn't allowed? Humor is a sign of fake? Poor sentence structure, well... You sure can see plenty of that in the pages of the London Free Press. In fact, some of the writing in both the Free Press and the National Post has become so bad, it's difficult to even try and figure out what the heck the writer's trying to say. And and I've actually had that problem recently. But here's an interesting comment made by one of the researchers. Quote, that the purpose of doing this is preventing misleading information from spreading further and being reposted especially since many do not read beyond the headlines, even though they feel free to comment vehemently about what they feel, end quote. (laughs) So what is being said is that the reader or consumer is at fault for not reading beyond the headlines. Well, if that's all the problem is, and that implies that the articles in question, when read beyond their headline, (laughs) must be generally accurate and okay. Ever see a headline in the London Free Press? They're they're a joke. Here's one from last week. (laughs) Quote, OMB, question mark, OMG, exclamation point. Pretty informative, huh? (laughs) You have to read beyond the headline to even make any sense of that. Says CTV, quote, a concept timely in an era where fake news has positioned itself on the political stage. The political stage, of course, and the fake news and everything else being Donald Trump. That's what they mean. This is all code words. There is nothing timely about fake news at all. We've been enduring it 
from our establishment media for years and years. What is timely in this context is the election of Donald Trump. Hello? And fake news has not quote-unquote positioned itself on the political stage. Fake news is politics. It's about politics and about conflict and misdirection. And then this is interesting, that the fake news website has already evolved into a go-to rebuttal, quote-unquote. Now, it's amazing how a site that hasn't even been launched yet officially has already evolved, quote, into a go-to rebuttal. Personally, I think if you want a go-to rebuttal site, you've already got one right here. It's called Just Right. Rebuttals are made to arguments, not to facts. To correct the false fact, what does that require? It simply requires replacing it with a true fact. It doesn't require a rebuttal. That's to an argument. These, these are not the terms that you mix with these things. And then, of course, here's the punchline in the agenda of the fake news solvers, if that's what it is. <laughs> Political scientist Professor Matt Farrow said, quote, fake news has reinforced the narrative in the Trump ideology, quote, we're the victims even though we run everything, end quote. Boy, talk about bias. Talk about a lack of objectivity. Talk about opinionated. Talk about not knowing what you're talking about. To what Trump ideology is he referring? You know, up till now, everybody's been complaining that Trump has no ideology. What is it? How has fake news reinforced this unknown ideology? And how are these guys going to identify all this? Oh my God, I'm just laughing already. This is pure gibberish and nonsense on its face. And that's not to say that what they're doing, there's, there's something really going on there, but it's not what they're saying it is. And this comes down to the story, the telling of how this is being told. And where's the balanced reporting on the part of CTV? Political Science Department at Western, you know, you know didn't think of talking to political science associate Professor Mansoor, who has been making a name for himself, refuting all of the vindictiveness against Trump. You know, this is talking about all this Trump ideology. And the texter texted in saying, 85% success rate is fake news. And she responded, well, really, have you done the science? Until I see how it works for myself, I'm going to take their word for it. And they're working at Western after all. If they're lying, which they are not, it could be so easily found out, she assumes. Yeah, just as easily as they found out the glaringly easy to find out lies about climate change, which they religiously believe in and go on and on about. And yet you can go and look all this stuff up and have it verifiable, know it's the objective truth relative to the lie, and nobody does that. They go with the majority, because that's where the media feels safe. When the texter argued that the 85% success rate is fake news, I don't think he, he, he was really doubting that the researchers claimed that that success rate and that the news media accurately reported it. He was just calling out the whole notion of a fake news filter as being unbelievable and not, credi not credible, right? Hence, fake. Isn't that how some people use the word? And as far as Lisa's, have you done the science question, this isn't about science. It's about politics, ideas, philosophies. They cannot be quantified and measured scientifically. Truth cannot be determined in any way whatsoever without first knowing that truth in advance. You can't even program it. And science is not a route to truth in news. Trust me. <laughs> Don't trust me. Understand it. Now, 
they're talking about how to define fake news, and uh, and this is Lisa and, and Ken talking, and that the goal of fake news is to mislead you to think or do something different in the interests of the fake news creator, Get, like getting you to vote, getting you to buy something, changing your perception of some issue. Well, that pretty much describes to a T what the creators of the spam filter, uh, sorry, the truth filter, told us outright. It's to attack the Trump ideology, hence fake. It's all, it already has a predetermined agenda that by definition must put any considerations of fact and truth aside. If all you're going to do is attack Trump's ideology, forget about looking for the truth. You don't even know what that is. Then they bring up these non-sequiturs. For example, uh, you know, some fake news created by a movie promotion company that said something about Lady Gaga's performance was a tribute to Muslims, and the company later retracted their statement. They didn't retract their statement. They had to explain to everybody, hey, folks, this was just an ad, and you guys are morons. That's not a retraction. You know, this is a complete distraction and is not in the category of fake news. It is advertising designed to look like a news story. You see this in the newspapers all the time. You know where at the top of the page it lets you know that the articles below are paid for by, a, by an advertiser. It might even be a whole section of the paper. But that's not fake news if there's something in it. Oh, man. And here was the part that... Oh, this just bothered the heck out of me. Talking about journal, it's a journalist's job to verify the validity of information from different sources. And Lisa points out how we're CTV and we independently verify it on our own. That's why you won't hear us talking gossip about what the other outlets have reported, because we verify it ourselves. That's what a journalist does. Quite frankly, all I hear every morning from those two is gossip talking about what other people are talking about on the internet, in the news, in every other source, what Donald Trump says. Come on, how can you say that you're not talk, that we won't hear you talking gossip? And then what they regard as good sources. The CBC is always acceptable. Facebook is a source. Breitbart, but of course Breitbart is not equal. They're not a source, according to Lisa. They are a competitor my goodness, <laughs> aren't all the other media competition? And why are they competitor? Quote, because we don't seek them out as a source for what we do. Well, what do you do then? If they report something, we're not going to take it at face value, she says. We're going to double check the whole thing out first before we decide according to our criteria that it is news. Breitbart, we don't pay attention to. Wow. What an admission. Everyone who's trying to persuade you of something is suspect of spreading fake news. But never the lefties who are trying to persuade us that the sources like Breitbart are unreliable when I know from personal experience that this is not so. Worse, to accept as a legitimate source of news the state-sponsored CBC is an outrage. The CBC is pure state propaganda and always has been. Listeners to this show will recall our review of the CBC's pathetic and disgusting live coverage of the Islamist terrorist attacks in France a year or so back, and even after the president of France had already announced the attacks as being such, the CBC was still speculating about how, oh, Christians too have been known to be terrorists. And then the CBC went and interviewed terrorist expert John Thompson of Strategic Intelligence, who of course is a regular on this show, who quite accurately began describing what was happening. 
And he kept being resisted and distracted by the CBC reporters. They didn't want him to talk about this Islam thing. You know, John once told me during a shooting of Just Right that uh, that was his last appearance on CBC. They've never called him back. And the irony was that John was just right at the time. While the CBC was telling fairy tales and conducting discussions of distraction from the Islam factor in the attacks. The CBC is fake news. I have never trusted the CBC on anything political. Remember, we're talking political. They might get the traffic accident reported properly. But if it comes to politics, it's going to be skewed to the reddest, leftist stream of thinking that you can think of. But for Lisa Brandt to admit on the air that she pretty much dismisses Breitbart because, quote, we don't seek them out as a source for what we do, is a damning admission that she herself is not objective and has a bias that will negatively affect her news reporting. And excuse me, but I've seen no evidence whatever on stories that I happen to know about and am intimately involved with of any attempt on the part of our establishment media to double-check or even single-check anything. They don't call. Never seen it happen with Freedom Party. Never seen it happen with many, many news stories we ourselves covered over the years on this show. Allow me to present Exhibit A as a brief example of how Breitbart is the reliable source and the Canadian media is worthless and biased. Over the past week or so, as many Freedom Party members already know, the Freedom Party of Ontario caused a bit of an uproar in the Ontario legislature when FP leader Paul McKeever issued an open letter to all members of the legislature and media, including all of the local media who never report on Freedom Party's media releases. We'll be focusing on the full details of this, and you'll hear the reactions yourself on a future show. But for now, let me just say that in rejecting Nathalie Desrosiers' Islamophobic motion, or Islamophobia motion, I think they called it, uh, McKeever's opposition was met with an angry and emotional response by PCMPP Lisa McLeod, who, like the media and the rest of the legislature, never once mentioned the actual source of her outrage. Here's hoping that the Canadian media puts aside partisanship and lets people know that there is a political party that shares their concerns, as Breitbart has, noted McKeever in a memo to FP executive following the parliamentary monologue and the unanimous vote favoring the motion. Parties are no replacement for principles, said Paul. Party loyalty is no replacement for defending freedom. His comments were, of course, directed both towards members of Ontario's legislature and to Canada's establishment media, who once again went out of their way to turn a blind eye to the source of all the reactions. Given a comparison between the issues raised in McKeever's open letter and the specific comments made by McLeod, we can cite no other source of her rage. And how ironic that Breitbart should have chosen to report on McKeever's open letter to the legislature, and they got the story straight, true, and perfect, I can tell you. You can compare the letter to what they reported, and you will see that it is accurate. Our own in-studio guests, Western University's Salim Mansour and Chris Essex, have both been featured very accurately and written for Breitbart. And these are people I trust, and I know they know their stuff. They're experts in their field, beyond experts. They, have, they call the shots right. What they say, that's what happens in reality. But does the media ever call them? Very rarely. 
This is another one of those stories that we'll be expanding on in the future, and when it comes to Freedom Party, I have a list of fake news being spouted by the establishment media so long it would take a lifetime just to list it all. Fortunately, I have documented and written about these events in past party publications, and they're all online for anybody to take a look at. But for someone like Lisa Brandt, Breitbart is the enemy, because Breitbart reports from the right, and she reports from the left. It's as simple as that. Never the twain shall meet, nor do they have to. So, when we return on the other side of the next bumper, we'll hear a talk from Ken Eastwood and Lisa Brandt on on their March 1st morning show, which was actually broadcast the day before the last one we just heard. But first, there's an old maxim in the news media going back to the earliest days that if it's news, the story has to have legs. Well, that could just take on an entirely new meaning in the context of how news is being delivered today. We're clear. Hello. Hello, I'm Mackenzie McHale. I know, it's good to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Do you have a minute? Sure. Thanks. You know, I was watching you earlier and you were talking about two companies, Capital One and... Um, Baxter. Baxter. And the prompter said both of whom are hinting at good numbers and you said both of which are hinting at good numbers. Was that an accident? No, I didn't write that copy. I changed it to which because whom is for people. Is someone in trouble? No. Do you mind coming into my office for a second? Sure. What's the difference between a corporation and a person? Have you ever held the door open for someone? Yes. Did you ask them for money first? No. That's the difference. That's the right answer. Am I taking a test? I've asked around and people say you don't belong here, that you could be making a lot more money as an analyst at Goldman. Couldn't you be making a lot more money producing reality television? I do produce reality television. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I like my job. Do you feel like working longer hours? They talked to me about doing a morning show a couple of times, but I can't do that. I'm not interested in cooking. I make sandwiches. I get that I don't necessarily look like it, but I'm an economist. Thanks, though. Yeah, I meant in prime time. I want to give you five minutes every night to talk about where we are and how we got here. Are you serious? There are people more qualified than I am. I can put you in touch with some of the professors that I studied under and... Yeah, the thing is, they're not going to have your legs. I'm sorry, but... If I'm going to get people to listen to an economics lesson, I've got to find someone who doesn't look like George Bernard Shaw. I would not ask you if I didn't think you were qualified. You want me to do pole dancing while explaining subprime mortgages? If you're up to it, sure. Um, yesterday, big day, as the uh, last night, Donald Trump made his first uh, address to uh, Congress, and uh, by all accounts, uh, everything went well, though who's to know with the amount of fake news floating around? Fortunately, we're working on the problem right here in London, Ontario. Instead of, I have to be a little bit cynical about this, it just to say... Whatever happened to critical thinking and checking your sources? But anyway, uh, this was Professor Western's taking it on, though. It's true. Yeah. You know, you, you should, most of us should be able to, to sniff out fake news all on our own, but... So there are three big areas where there's fake news. Um, Donald Trump's dismissal of mainstream media reports is fake. That, of course, uh, has got people calling everything they don't like 
right. fake news. So if something comes up and you don't agree with it, you just go, ah, fake, fake, which, fake, fake. Which is actually fake news about fake news. Right. It's legitimately fake news about fake news. Okay, I've got a headache. <laughs> uh, there's a growing movement in the alt-right media um, that is disseminating alarmist, one-sided, biased, or false new report, news reports online. So again, that is um, promoting something deliberately fake. Again, we talked about uh, the morning after the Quebec uh, mosque massacre and how many people told us that, or, or were very upset with us, and I'm sure everybody else uh, reporting on it, that mm-hmm. we that we hadn't said that it was a, a Muslim-on-Muslim massacre. Right. Because it wasn't. But a couple of, of outlets put that out there, and without any facts to back it up, and people just automatically believed it, that was proven to be untrue. And uh, we, we just... Um, kept our tennis rackets up and kept, uh, you know, bouncing those balls back to people. Well, and we can't lay all of the blame within uh, with the alt-right. Yes, they are a, um, a major part of it. But as we told you a couple of weeks ago, as um, the studio was promoting, what was the movie? Was it Cure for Wellness? A Cure yes, for Wellness. They put out some The stuff. producers of that movie created, intentionally created some... Um, realistic-looking news agencies and released some fake news to include a hashtag to promote their film. Yeah. They admitted afterwards that it was a mistake and that they shouldn't have done it, but still, there, I mean, there are things like that contributing to it. It's not all the alt-right. Right. And satirical right. news pieces like The Onion and uh, <sighs> Beaverton and those, uh, they're just... They're done for comedy, but people are sharing them. Um, actually, some media outlets, the Hamilton Spectator, uh, took one of these uh, fake news reports and published it as real and then had to apologize. Um, there have been other le- so-called legitimate news uh, organizations that have been duped as well. Well, it's hard when you've got, I mean, if you see a, a report, if somebody shares something and says, oh, I saw this on The Onion, you instantly know that that's satire. Right. But there are other, there's kind of like the the Onion B-sides all these lesser known satirical new quote unquote news agencies that uh, will release a story someone will share it and you really have to look hard to figure out that it's satire yeah. um, you know as, even as more than just scrolling to the bottom of the page to see the disclaimer that says this website is satirical that's right so this western professor victoria rubin and her students came up with this algorithm and um, they do say it's uh, almost entirely accurate it's it's <laughs> it'll actually be fascinating to to see how it works wouldn't that be awesome if this was actually a sociology project and the whole thing was made up. Oh they don't actually have an algorithm, and they've duped CTV News into reporting on this story, and then some uh, philosophy or sociology PhD candidate is writing a paper on this whole thing. How's that for fake news, baby? Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> All right. I love it. All right. You know what? Anything can happen. I'm not going to say that it won't. Wow, that last suggestion by Ken Eastwood was possibly the most realistic (laughs) part of their whole conversation about fake news. Even if his conspiracy theory were not true, the whole idea of what is being done is completely unreal. It's all made up. It's a sociology project. They might actually have an algorithm that they dupe CTV news in the reporting on this story. I think that's hilarious. That, That, to me, sounds far more plausible than the fake news algorithms they're talking about.
Well, before we continue, let me just remind everyone that you are listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And I would really like to thank our financial supporters, large and small, who have made it possible for us to continue on our journey in the right direction, and we encourage those of you who listen to this show and enjoy it to do the same. Visit www.justrightmedia.org to offer your financial support, and while you're there, sample some of our timeless broadcasts, which are all archived, get this, by date, by topic, by theme, by guest, and by much more. See, we are not even a news resource, and yet we provide all of this for our listeners. You can use our site as a reference and as a source of reliable information on topics rarely discussed and from perspectives rarely heard. You will find handy information about each show, including a topics index, a clips and credits reference page, identifying the source of all our audio bites and news stories, and a bonus feature from time to time, which all relate to whatever it is that our broadcast was about. So check it out. Just write media. So, a fake news filter? Well, there's just no way possible for any programmed artificial intelligence to figure out what is true and what is not. That's a metaphysical impossibility. You can create a filter to censor out stuff that you don't want people to see for themselves. But to call it 85% successful in spotting fake news in the sense of some kind of, you know, truth, quote-unquote, requires that those making that measurement or determination themselves know what the true news is or is not in a given instance. And if, if fake news is, as defined by one of Western team members, you know, one of the Western team members working on the filtering project, if it really is about Trump ideology, then somebody's faking it for sure. Now here are just some of the key points and comments raised by Ken and Lisa in that last round we just heard, and what they don't say and never say is often the real clue to their bias and why the whole discussion of fake news is fake to begin with. You know, the comment, I realize it was lighthearted and introduced the subject, but it started off, you can just see the the leaning, the way the, the, way the conversation goes. Quote, Donald Trump's first address went well, but who knows with the amount of fake news floating around. End quote. Okay, is he implying that Donald Trump's address did not go well? <laughs> Who's to know? Well, anyone who watched it and anyone who still wants to watch it, if they haven't done so already, just watch it. Did it go well? Yeah, well, you decide. And to Lisa's question, whatever happened to critical thinking and checking, checking your sources... I would answer that there is no critical thinking on the part of the media. I haven't seen any. And certainly zero critical thought in the given conversation where she's already submitted such to her faith that science and the fact that Western University is conducting the project can truly filter out the fake news. Then comes the moral and political alignment. And they talked about the, you know, she talked about the, th- the, the three big areas of fake news. One, of course, being Donald Trump's dismissal of media reports as fake news, calling everything you don't like fake news. Actually, it works the other way around. Having determined that a given media report is fake, one dismisses it. And that's why I consider a lot of their conversation fake, because I've determined that it is not true. And here, you know, alt-right media is disseminating one-sided biased news reports online. Again, that is promoting something deliberately fake, they said. 
as an example, they cite the Quebec mosque killings and, and a couple of outlets put that out there without the facts backing it up, of course, citing, saying that it was an, a Muslim probably that, that, that initiated the killings. Well, how would she describe the way the CBC failed to tell the truth on the other side of the story about the terrorist attacks in France? How does one rate credibility and the other not? There, there is none. Of course, they, they probably don't know about all of this. Oh, you can't blame all of it on alt-right, says Ken. You know, this is definitely not an example of critical thinking and is a perfect example of left-wing bias again. Not something that Ken and Lisa are trying to hide from anybody. I'm not trying to say that. They're quite happy being on the left, and they say so. But consider what it means. You can't lay all the blame on the right. We can blame a private capitalist for an ad. Uh, you know, they're blaming the victim, aren't they? They want the consumer of the news media to be the one to do all the fact-checking as to the source of the news used and insist that consumers should th think critically when both of those functions, aren't those supposed to be the media functions? Aren't, isn't that what we're going to them to find out? Please give us some news, tell us the truth, give us your critical analysis. But no, we have to filter them all out. Do the critical thinking yourself and then report to us, you know. But note how in every case, the left is completely innocent of generating any news, any fake news, rather, and we never hear an example of it. What does the left ever do that's fake? And that's because Ken and Lisa are their own news filters. And they filter out anything that is right, <laughs> quite literally. And that's why I find them so entertaining. Consistently and without exception, never is there a mention of anything even resembling an alt-left, or citing clear examples of fake news from the left, in which we're literally drowning in, you know, each and every day. Nor is the critical difference between right and left ever discussed in a critical way. They don't even know the difference between right and left. They all say, eh, the labels don't matter anymore. That's because you're all on the same side. Of course it doesn't matter when you're all the same. Labels are for, for defining differences between people, not samenesses. It's all touchy-feely stuff for them, and it has utterly nothing to do with the reality of the situation. After all, they don't want to know anything different because critical thinking is exactly what is being avoided. And I'm not picking on Ken and Lisa here in any specific way. My criticisms are meant to be directed at all creators of news and commentary who, pret who pretend to have a, a monopoly on the truth or on true news or on real news, however they want to put it. If you've been a long time listening to Just Right, you already know that a lot of what we do on the show is to present an opposing and alternate point of view to what you're hearing in the mainstream media. Now, over the years, we've followed numerous news stories that were simply falsely reported by the establishment media on a grand scale, and demonstrably so, as we continue to do on the show. Of course, on Trump, we've all been following that for the last few years, and I won't go into any further details about his election, but while the mainstream media was screaming the sky was falling and Trump, you know, predicting Trump he would never win, on our show we were going exactly the opposite direction and in the correct direction. And nothing yet has changed today on this Trump file, which of course is what is currently driving all the leftist fake news frenzy. When it comes to Islam and immigration... We have had so many guests who appeared on Just Right and have discussed this issue from the side never reported by the mainstream media. I've got a list in front of me here. I can't even read them all of all the guests 
from Ann Coulter, Tarek Fatah, Rory Leishman, Salim Mansour, Rahil Raza, Bosch Fostwin, Amir Fahari, Lord Moncton, Paul McKeever, Lars Hedegaard, Lars Vilks, John Thompson, Christine Williams, Bill Warner, on and on it goes. I'm only a quarter way through the list of people we've interviewed. Very rarely do any of these people get into the mainstream media. They're on the front lines of all of these issues, and they understand them. And then, of course, there's Bill Cosby. The Bill Cosby Show. No, not the TV show, the fake news show, again presented to us by the establishment media, which has still not reported the real story behind Cosby. You know, while the establishment media was touting the feminist agenda that the women should be believed, if anyone who's listened to this show, you know I actually took the advice of Lisa Brandt and did my own fact-checking on the many complainants against Cosby. And when I got to about number 30-something and found out they were all BS, complainers, you know, uh, everything Cosby said about him was true. <laughs> and I just gave up. I couldn't find one credible complainant against Cosby. And you can hear all of the testimony and objective, documented evidence yourself on, on our archive of Just Right about this. But you won't find any of the real stories behind the great injustice being done to Cosby in the mainstream media. Check the facts. Cosby kept yelling at them for years, and the media never did. Cosby's, you know, due to stand trial this June over one of, a com one of his complainants, whose real story, so far as I know, this show was the only one to reveal. By the way, all of this straight from the horse's mouth and straight from the original testimonies of the people involved. Stories that completely contradict the narratives given us in the mainstream media. They're not even reading the stories. Talk about not reading beyond the headlines. And yet not one member of the establishment media, to the best of my knowledge, took the effort to check the facts behind the Cosby complainants. You know, the media is very sensitive about its credibility, and that's why I've been essentially blacklisted from the pages of the London Free Press. Back when I exposed the paper's involvement in a human rights complaint action against a local London landlord, all archived and documented online, uh, you know, I was forced to subpoena the paper to attend at the hearing. And after I demonstrated uh, how the paper wasn't reporting a story, it was the story. The reporters who reported that the landlord was racist against his Asian tenants were the ones who actually created and wrote the words that they attributed to the landlord. And I suppose the biggest blow to the paper's credibility was the fact that I won the case before the Human Rights Commission, this apparently having been a first. I'm not a lawyer, more of a student of philosophy, and... That was how I won my case against all of the other high-priced lawyers of all the other varying parties. And since that time, the paper has never again printed any of my letters to the editor and routinely cut me out of news items in which I played a major part. In fact, that began on the very day of our victory before the Human Rights Commission. You know, the landlord who I represented had already been ruined by the vicious and utterly unfounded racist attacks against him and was at the time of our HRC victory driving a transport truck somewhere in the deep American South. The job he was forced to take as a consequence of his rental income having been literally stolen from him. Since I was his rep, during the hearing, and since I was the guy who put the winning story and argument together, and since I was the one who issued the media release with my contact numbers, where I was always available for a reaction or comment, instead, the London Free Press kept printing that the landlord was unavailable for comment, quote, end quote. You want fake news? Buy the latest copy of the London Free Press. Again, we're talking politics here. 
When I pick up the London Free Press and when it comes to politics, you know, it's the National Enquirer. Except it never does any inquiring. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the London Downtown Business Association, which isn't any such thing at all, but keeps being reported as such. No matter how many times I've corrected various media members about this fact, over the years, and over and over and over again, they dismiss it. Even right after having acknowledged it, they carry on as if the conversation never occurred and the truth doesn't matter. But the BIA issue is now, today, exploding in the London areas because the downtown London merchants, the merchants, mind you, not their so-called fake association, are in direct opposition to the BIA when it comes to the building of London's rapid transit system. Only now is it becoming acknowledged that the BIA does not represent the merchants and that the merchants are being forced to pay a tax to the BIA. Everybody's scratching their head, gee, I didn't know that. Then, of course, there's all the debate and mainstream news reports about electoral financing and reform. We've covered that in detail. Pretty much everything reported by the mainstream media was the exact opposite of the facts especially when it came to their discussions of political party tax credits, which were so misunderstood by them, it was difficult to believe. It was clear they had never even picked up a pamphlet of how a tax credit works. And of course, this week's media frenzy was about Donald Trump's big lie about Obama wiretapping the Trump Towers, which apparently was uh, tweeted by Trump. But from what little I already know about this issue, and I don't know that much, but it seems clear to me that Trump didn't make this statement out of the blue. But let me just state for the record that just about every time Trump is accused of lying, making something up, or whatever, as time passes, we always seem to learn that there was some kind of truth behind his comments, however he might have expressed them. So I think the establishment media is digging its own grave with every mention of fake news. Because they're the fakers. Oh, it's almost time for the Fuhrer's speech. Uh, you may stay and listen to it, Colonel Hogan, if you oh, wish. Thank you, sir. I, uh... Wouldn't want to miss this. <laughs> now, here is our beloved Führer, Adolf Hitler himself. <laughs> Germans everywhere! Good morning! <laughs> the Führer speaks to you tonight, live from Berlin. <laughs> I'm happy to report that the war against the enemies of our beloved Reich goes well. It is possible that you have heard rumors that Berlin is in ruins, Hamburg is a shambles, and so on. I order you not to believe these things, even if they are true. willing, always willing against the enemy. Yet present time, certain negotiations are underway, which will come as a great surprise to the fatherland. No matter what happens, we will all be together. In conclusion, I say, tighten your belts, work hard, fight
What an unexpected pleasure, Herr General. Just on my way back from Berlin. Couldn't wait to see my little friend, Fraulein Helga. I thought perhaps we could have one of your excellent dinners. Herr General, you have just returned from Berlin. Are things really as bad as they say they are? Things were never better. The Wilhelmstrasse is busy with the war, and we are celebrating victories on all fronts. But what about the rumors, the rumors? Without rumors, there would be no war. But the Führer's speech last night, he hinted there might be negotiations. Perhaps it was a trial balloon. Hitler loves to confuse his enemies. Then we're not losing the war? Losing? <laughs> I've already made a hotel reservation in London. <laughs> Without rumors, there would be no war, says the German general to Colonel Klink. Consider this. Electoral politics has often been described as war disguised. And war is violence and deception calculated to defeat the enemy. Now, politics is supposed to be about war without the violence, that having been replaced by the consent of the governed, at least in theory. But this is why fake news is pretty much unique to the political arena, because the stories and reports are all drafted, created, and designed to persuade us to think about things differently. The establishment doesn't want us to think differently. It is the establishment news carriers that have faked the fake news scenario in an act of self-defense against the attacks on its own credibility. And they originate from the top, with U.S. President Donald Trump, right to the grassroots of the average Joe public. It's almost as if the real struggle and political war is between the public and its chosen representative Donald Trump and the media. I think that's what this whole fake news war is really all about. We keep hearing the same fake news stories over and over again. I'd like specifics, please. What exactly was the fake story? And what exactly was it that made it fake? Now note that the examples the fake newsers keep citing are few and far between and always the same. They're all, you know, rarely have anything to do with truth or falsehood. The kinds of stories they talk about are so routine and uneventful in the sense of even being news. Like, wow, some people got tricked into buying something, you know, saw a commercial and thought it was a news item. This is not news. Never forget, the fake news controversy is all about one person, Donald Trump, President of the United States, a man who is hated and vilified relentlessly and unjustly by the folks who who are truly infected with the Trump derangement syndrome. Is there a cure, or would, or would that be worse than the disease? I don't know. Tell me what the fake news is. Quit complaining about it. They attack the messenger. You know, Breitbart, let's go after Breitbart. Not the message. What was the fake news? What, you that one same story you're going to tell me over and over again? If you can dismiss Breitbart, then everything Breitbart has to say is fake, isn't it? That's how you think. And truth is what most is most avoided, I think, in popular discussion, because allowing truth into the room would immediately polarize the one guy speaking the truth against the hundreds, thousands, millions who prefer various fantasies as what they regard as news or truth. And balance is what popular broadcasters want you to believe they're offering, but that balance depends entirely upon one thing, the philosophy of the broadcaster. And besides, when it comes to facts and reality, Balance is it's kind of a crock. You don't balance a truth or fact with a non-truth or non-fact just to have balance. 
you're not aiming for balance. You're aiming for truth. You're, you're aiming for the story. You're aiming for what the news is. Politics, conflict, propaganda, deception, and fake news go as far back in history as the concept of news itself. And in the end, the news, like history, is only what someone chooses to write about or record in some way and then spread to others. If someone didn't write it down, then it didn't happen. That's an epistemological truth, not a metaphysical one. After all, if an assumed event actually happened, which could you know, be anything that happens to anyone on any given day, but was not recorded, it's not, it's not that the fact did not exist, it is our, that our knowledge or memory of it, upon which our present future choices depend, did not exist or was, or was left unmarked. So, news in the strictest sense represents the reporting of some change in a condition of something. After all, change is what news is all about on the most fundamental level, and that's why politicians love to tout change, because they know that change is news, even though their change is always loose change. <laughs> well, anyways, a daily report that's, that, that all's well with some given industry, individual, or other area of interest would not be news, after all. Similarly, a report that people are living in hell every day because of the political conditions foisted upon them, as bad as it is, that's also not a news story if there are conditions like that every day. It's, it's not news. Well, that's not news, but that too is reality, as Global TV's Peter Newman used to say. Old news is called history. Current news is called fake. <laughs> you know, the whole issue of who you can trust with respect to your news sources comes down to that source's reputation on the whole. Every news outlet and source has its share of errors, incorrect reports, critical omissions, without which a story cannot be clearly understood, and of course bias on matters political. And a few kooky reporters and commentators who occasionally cross the lines of credibility happens everywhere. So when it comes to reporting news, you know, you don't have to get it perfect. Just get it right. And that's our mission, at least, even though we are not a news outlet. This is a truth outlet. We're our own filter. And we sift through the unfiltered ramblings of the popular media. Sorry, you folks in mainstream media. You are the major source of fake news. And as a consequence of the lost public trust in you, the media. Stop trying to fake us out with all your fake, fake news stories. So for those who care to do their own news and commentary filtering, be sure to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. Until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white, under the bedclothes, everything will be well, gentlemen, shall we celebrate? <laughs> ah, Judge Bussy! This is indeed a great pleasure. Speak for yourself, Clink. Now, what is this? Guards without guns, uniforms unbuttoned, prisoners running wild? Well, I do. You call this discipline? No, sir. <laughs> now, at ease. I heard in Berlin that congratulations are in order. Capturing those underground leaders is quite a feather in your cap, eh? Thank you, General. Of course, it doesn't mean as much now, hmm? Now that the war is over. The what is what? The war. It's over.
The war is over. That's right, General. Haven't you heard? No. And neither have the Americans. They bombed Berlin just one half hour ago. You mean the war isn't over? Of course it is not over. Gee, Hochstetter, what a bad break. And after you let those four underground prisoners go. But you made a lot of friends for the Gestapo. You stupid fool, you. You have been tricked. <laughs>